0: This program is brought to you by the partners of Arute Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support Arute Awakening International today.
1: Throughout history, Israel's people have been divided and today is no different. Aaron Lipkin gives us a locals perspective on Israel's politics, why each faction seems so resistant to change, and why it's important to understand what's going on. Plus, you'll learn an exciting opportunity to visit the Holy Land, because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Well, Shabbat Shalom, Torah fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Hey, the first thing you should know is that we are not live. That's right, Shabbat Not Not live, live, as Michael Rood would say. (laughs) We want to make sure that we make that abundantly clear because of Yom Kippur. And our guest tonight pre-recorded this interview, so rest assured, no one is working on Yom Kippur, okay? So no one is working on Yom Kippur to make this happen tonight. Now, with that said, let's take a look at the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. There you have it on your screen. You can see that we are in the midst of the fall feasts of the Lord. So let's talk about that with my co-host, Angie Clark.
0: Well, Shabbat Shalom, Scott Laird.
1: Shabbat Shalom, how are you? I'm doing great, how are you? Excellent. Now, we are, before the camera's coming on, we were talking about some amazing things about uh, the fall feasts and uh, we're gonna talk about all that in a second. But you were mentioning something to me about the trumpet blast at the beginning, which was uh, last week, so that was Yom, Yom Teruah, mm-hmm. and then we get into a Yom Kippur, which is where we're at now, and the next week, of course, is Sukkot. So tell me the progression that you suddenly realize that you're one of these things like, oh my gosh, I've read this a thousand times, but I never saw it before. You
0: know what, where I got this from, actually, from the calendar. Really? It's okay. all right here. So you have the shofar blast, right? Yes. And that is the announcement that the king is arriving.
1: A Yom Teruah, the, the Yom trumpet Teruah. blast. Yes, day yes. of trumpets. Yep. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. What did I say?
1: Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, no, worries. Okay. we're all
0: <laughs> okay. good. Yeah. Yom Teruah. Okay. I'm make sure i tracking with you. So day, of okay. Okay. Yes, day of trumpets. Okay. So so anyway, 15 days later is the beginning of Sukkot. Yes. So Yosef built a Sukkot, built a sukkah, for Yeshua to be born in. Okay. Mm, mm -hmm. And then i love this so much. I never, I never put the two together until this morning. Actually, I was reading a little bit and, and the eighth great day, it's a beautiful day of Sukkot. Usually it's seven days, but that eighth day, the father is saying, please stay with me one more day. I have something to show you. I have Mm. something to share with you. Others won't stay, but will you stay? And that's the day that Yeshua was circumcised. So there was that covenant right there, that beautiful covenant. So not only do we camp and have fun and all this, but it's so prophetic and it's so beautiful of, um, you know, of what what's coming.
1: Mm-hmm. And you, know, isn't that typical? So like Michael Rood always makes fun of us Americans who go camping on right. Sukkot. He's like, nobody does this. What are you doing? I do. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> and some people just go for the high days. Like, you know, if we're working right. and things like that and the high days fall in the middle of the week, you know, it, it's hard for some folks to get there. So yeah, right. we, we will often say to our group, you know, some people can take the whole week off. A lot of them are retired. And we say, well, we, we'll be there on the high days. Mm-hmm. But some people stay there the whole week. But to your point, so... You know, Yehovah is saying, "Would you just stay one more day?" Because one usually day. on that seventh day of, of Sukkot, everybody's tearing down mm-hmm. lots of business, and then everybody just forgets about it. But that eighth day is a high day. Yes. People forget that not the whole festival of Sukkot is full of high days. No, it's, it's just, just the, a
0: feast. It's a festival. Right.
1: It's the first day and, and the, the last day. day. Mm-hmm. So the last day should be should be something special. Right. But how many people really think about that? You know, and that's where if you're into a, a if you're reading the the Torah portion. That's where we get into the joy of the Torah, mm-hmm. right? So this is the, the joy of the Torah. The eighth day. At the eighth day, who was Yeshua? He was the living word. Okay, stop with our Christian minds. Who's the word? The New Testament isn't written yet. Right. What word are we talking about? It's the Torah. Yes. He is the living Torah. We are celebrating mm. the joy of Yeshua, the joy of the Torah, the living Torah, and celebrated with his uh, circumcision, as you mentioned. Beautiful. And that's when he basically becomes... Part of the family. Yes, right? that
0: was the covenant. I it's mean, covenant. that was the covenant. It's just a beautiful word picture. And uh, we have so much to look forward to.
1: Oh, we do. Yes. Yeah. Sukkot is an amazing time. And we were talking too about uh, people who, who have passed on uh, and things like that. And I was saying that, you know, I can't help but think ever since my dad passed a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I had this vision of him. And whether it's just me trying to, you know, come come to grips with it or whatever, but. You know, when we die, yes, we're in the ground, but our spirit is still alive. You know, we meet, we don't have our spiritual body yet. Right. But where are we? You know, and so that's the great mystery. spirit mis- never dies. Spirit never dies. And that's the great mystery, you know, to be- to, It is. To be, you know, absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, mm-hmm. at Abraham's bosom, all this mysterious stuff, no one really has ever known. Right. But I keep thinking, in the spirit realm, it's my dad, he's, he's just in the spirit realm with all these people, every time somebody passes- mm-hmm. Yehovah's army just grows and grows and grows and grows. And there's Yehovah Sevaot.
0: The Lord of hosts.
1: Wa- the Lord of hosts, Yeshua waiting. And I picture this white horse just restless, mm, wrestling yes. with, with the, the bridle saying, let me go, let me go. And mm. Yeshua's holding it back mm. saying, just hang on, hang mm, on. Mm, mm, mm. And that's what we have to look forward to is all the enemies of this world, all the craziness going on will be defeated. Yes, Yehovah, it says in Psalms 2, mm. it will laugh in their face yes. because they it's, think they're winning. They're, too. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. no way they're winning.
0: Yeah, And that, that great cloud of witnesses, that is those who's gone on before us. And that's who he'll be leading to come back and get those who are still alive in him. Yes. I mean, it's just a amazing, amazing things that are hopefully about to take place.
1: That's right. It's time to look at what we have for this month's love gift. Okay. This month, a very special teaching by Dr. Miles Jones and, and all the rest of it. You can just hold it up there, Angie, but we'll let the commercial do the talking. But I want to really just bring out what this this teaching, you and I were both very jazzed yes, about this. Yes,
0: I can't wait to listen.
1: This is exciting. Joseph's miracle. This is something about the, the story of Joseph in Egypt that is not written in the Bible yet, It is still used today in Egypt and it's all over the Egyptian record about this man named Yusuf or Yosef, which is Mm. not a Hebrew name. And there's things in Egypt named after him today. Again, this is not an Arabic name. And
0: that's by... Dr. This Miles is by Jones. Dr.
1: Miles Jones. It's called Joseph's Miracle. An amazing part of the story you don't know, and it puts so many pieces together. It's just an amazing thing. So Joseph's Miracle, get it? It's part of the love gift this month. Angie? And thank you. Yes.
0: weren't you telling me, too, that Aaron kind of ties something in with this as well, kind of like a second witness?
1: Yes. Okay, yes. perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It so, all comes together, yes. It's all going to be good. <laughs> yes, Jehovah plans all this together. We don't plan this. He just puts the pieces together, and we say... Perfection. (laughs) Perfection, exactly. All right, so Aaron Lipkin gives us a local's perspective on Israel's politics, why each faction seems so resistant to change and why it's important to understand what is going on. But first, it's the Kiddish with Michael, so stay tuned. The biblical story of Joseph is packed with extraordinary events, but the most amazing part of the narrative is not even in the Bible using archaeoastronomy to cross-reference Egyptian history with the biblical record, Dr. Miles Jones reveals Joseph's miracle.
2: I mean, the story in Scripture is so good. Joseph's miracle ended the seven years of famine, even though the Nile was still flooding, because it Mm. remained at astronomical high levels for, for another
1: 20 years. Joseph's miracle may forever change archaeology from a secular science to one that uses the Bible as its most accurate textbook. This special teaching is Michael Rood's gift to thank you for supporting A Root Awakening International. When you donate $50 to this ministry in October, we'll send you Joseph's Miracle with Dr. Miles Jones on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll send you two gifts, Joseph's Miracle, plus a pair of handcrafted artwork magnets featuring semi-precious stones from Israel and blessings of peace and happiness for your home. Donate $300 and we'll send you three gifts. Joseph's miracle with Dr. Miles Jones, the artwork magnets, and an elegant representation of the ironic blessing. This beautiful piece is made by immigrants to Israel and supports their communities for a better future. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift. The $100 gift? or the $300 gift. Get these exclusive thank you gifts when you make a donation to support A Rude Awakening International in October. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online with a donation at monthlylovegift.com.
2: The traditions that we have in modern-day Judaism remind us of what we did in the temple, and some of these traditions go back long before the temple in Jerusalem. It reminds us of when Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, brought forth bread and wine to Abraham when he came back from the slaughter of kings, and Melchizedek, the Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, blessed the most high with the blessing that Abraham then taught to his son Isaac and then was passed down through the generations. Yeshua said, Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced. He gave a 10th of everything because he saw the broken body and the shed blood. Melchizedek, as Abraham and all of his offspring, Then continue to say this prayer, this prayer of sanctification. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, king of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And Yeshua said, this bread represents my body, which will be broken for you. And this is what Yeshua said the last night that he was with his disciples. This represents his broken body that was broken for us. And then the blessing of the wine. Blessed are you, Jehovah, our God, king of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And Yeshua said, this is a renewed covenant which will be paid for in my blood. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me.
1: So the big question is, if Michael Rood is not doing a tour of Israel, what do you do? And in fact, Michael is in the studio today, and so is Aaron Lipkin. Welcome back to Shabbat Night Live. Thank you for having me. Michael just said, before we turn the cameras on, he says, look, I'm not doing any more tours, but I want people to go see Israel. And I think Aaron's tours are the way to go. He literally just said that, just Mm -hmm, sitting right over mm -hmm. here. So uh, tell us about your tours, and we're going to get into more, more of what is uh, offered here because, uh, well, it's just, there's just so much to talk about. So let's start there, where, your tours. So um, where do we go? And
3: uh... So I always like to, to talk, or to speak about a personal testimony of mine. Please. Um, so my wife and I uh, got married in 1998, and uh, we, my wife wanted to live in Jerusalem, close to her mom. And uh, the problem is that uh, at the time, Jerusalem real estate was just impossible. You couldn't buy a house and renting was just a waste of money. So my mother-in-law says, Aaron, look for a house, look to buy a house somewhere in the area. So uh, we, still, we started traveling around, looking for a house in uh, in Judea or Samaria. Prices were at that time reasonable, and um, it, it looks like the, the standard of living was really good. So one day we traveled to a town called Ofra, and we go in and my wife sees it and she says, this is it, this is where I want to live and so we buy a house there this was august of 2000 september of 2000 starts a war in israel uh, the second intifada and um, you know israel is basically under a terrible attack by um, by muslims and you have terrorist attacks everywhere and unfortunately uh, our area as well was hit by terrorism so we got there a month before that war we didn't really get to know the area we were going into uh, after a few years israel took over and, and you know made 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 secure made, made security work and everything was good and so one day I'm, I'm leaving my town and i'm going to jerusalem to work and i'm i'm stopping at the exit from my town there's a, a bus station and you know, Jews in Judea and Samaria like to hitchhike. So there's a guy there with a beard, and, uh, and I'm, I'm stopping and he's going on my, on my car. Where are you going? Jerusalem, wonderful. And we start driving. And uh, a few minutes after we leave my town and we're driving south to Jerusalem, which is about a 30 minute drive, um, he says, Aaron, you see that Arab village on the right? And I'm looking and I'm seeing an Arab village. He says, well, this Arab village is called Bitin, and Bitin preserves the name Bethel. Now, I, I know my Bible, but I never, never thought about the, lo- the geographical location of that place. And I said, that's, that's where Jacob dreamt the dream of the ladder? And he looks at me and he says, yeah, that's the place. We'll continue on driving, another minute. He says, you see the, the Arab village on your left? I'm looking and I'm saying, what's, what's that? And he said, this is Der Dibwan. Der Dibwan means in Arabic, the monastery or the farm of the two bears. And I'm, 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 I'm hearing two bears and I, I know the story. And then he says, Elisha. Elisha brings the two bears out of the forest when the the people insulted him. So he says that Arab village preserves the tradition that that's where it happened. Hmm. We continue on, and we pass by another Arab village. And he says, you see that Arab village? You know what the name is? I said, what? He says, Bukhmas. You know what happened here? I said, what? And he said, well, Jonathan, the son of King Saul, waged war against the Philistines, and he and his servant attacked a Philistine post right here at Mochmas. Now I had no clue that these things happened around me. This is just a half hour drive from where I live, Ofra to Jerusalem. And so much of the Bible is happening around us. And I think that that day changed my life and got me to understand that I believed in the verses, I believed that all the stories were real, but I never saw the places. So, I like to say that the, the suddenly the verses overlapped the geography. That, that minute, that second, those, those, those minutes that I drove with Professor Yoda Tour, connected me in a way that is indescribable. Uh, and so, uh, one, of, one, of the, one of my aims in life is to bring as many people as possible to this area to connect to these biblical sites, uh, even if you're a Bible believer like I was, to add that geographical dimension to your world of of of, of faith, I think is um, is very very much necessary. So,
1: yeah, and you know that that's funny that you you needed to see them to to have it happen in your in your mind. That's what Michael says about the uh, the chronological Gospels that he put, put all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together and, and the books of Acts and Revelation to, to correlate so you get a, a general, uh, a wider view of the story than you would just reading one book after the other, just connecting the two. And then you basically get to see Yeshua's life and times as they happened. And we read a lot of that in the Bible. Last week, we talked about uh, this right here. Mm-hmm. This is, let's review this. Uh, you know, this is something that's, in the Bible, but we don't necessarily recognize it as in the Bible, and it's sort of this lost feast. And, and when Michael heard us talking about this, he asked someone to go grab this off of the wall. Can you explain to us again what this is?
3: Yes, so we know from, as we, as we spoke about the last week, uh, about the feast of the Lord uh, that was held in the city of Shiloh, which is a feast that now we know is a native Israelite Ephraimite feast they wanted, they wanted to thank the Lord for one of the main harvests of the land of Israel, the grape harvest. Uh, it was a, a very a strong agricultural uh, feast that was connected to, to this cr- type of crop. But I think that what's interesting about it is not just the, the grape harvest, but also the fact that we see women as, as a major part of the celebration. And so when we look for other Ephraimite feasts in the in the Bible, uh, we see that there are hints for other, uh, I would say, women events that ha- that took place uh, in, in the, with the native tribes of Ephraim. And uh, let's remind, let's remember another story in the Bible. We have a story with the judge, uh, I believe you say, Jephthah, Jephthah, uh, that that his his daughter came first. To greet him, and he, he made a vow, so you know the Bible doesn't say, but he vowed that he would sacrifice to God mm-hmm. uh, the first the first thing that's going to come and greet him and and so after her death, it says that the women uh, would go three times a, a, a year or four times a year to 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 cry and to remember the daughter. Of Jephthah, so so again we see here another um, feminine feast that's going on. That's part of the native, the ancient native uh, tribal tradition. Uh, so so this is the, this is definitely. Uh, one, one of my favorite uh, favorite ideas that's connected to, to Ephraim and the native Israelite tribes.
1: Yeah, and if no, no one understands what we're talking about here, you have to watch last week's to find out what we were talking about, and that is that the Israelites were separated, as it were. So there were native Israelites living in Canaan, as it was known at that time, so Ephraim and Manasseh. Their tribes were already there and then the rest of the Israelites came over and it explains all kinds of things as, right. we, as we explored last Correct. week so speaking of uh, all kinds of places we can uh, visit in Israel uh, again the, the place to look for tours that you're running all the time right is uh, what's the website
3: so the, the website is uh, wwwlipkin tourscom we have a okay. variety of tours uh, in the next uh, three three years and uh, what we where we were very Um, what we really care about is bringing Bible believers to the biblical heartland of Israel. Um, You know, you, you, you can register to any tour going to Israel and most tours are doing a great job, but they they avoid visiting the Biblical heartland of Israel. And so we emphasize the visit there, so we'll go to the Dead Sea, we'll go to Jerusalem, we'll go to the Galilee, but we'll also go to Bethel, Shiloh, Mount Grizim, Mount Ebal, Elon Moray, Hebron, all these major Biblical sites that Bible believers should have, they have to visit it. So I invite everyone to come and, and register to one of our tours, and uh, hopefully, we'll also be able to arrange, uh, uh, you know, an, an awakening—a <laughs> Rude awakening a rude tour. awakening oh, tour. Okay. Uh, in the next few years, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but for now, we have tours laid out for 2023, 2024, and uh, we'd love to see you all in Israel and 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 enjoy the biblical heartland of Israel and the amazing archaeological findings that that we are part of finding.
1: You know, some of, one of the questions I had is when you mentioned that story of the hitchhiker, and you picked him up and he pointed out all of these places on the route that you normally took from Ofra to, to Jerusalem. Um, you mentioned that they were Arab villages. So is there any impedance going to visit these places because they're Arab towns?
3: Yeah, so the way the, way, uh, the, the history, the, the, the history of settlements in Israel goes is basically wherever you have water, is where you have a, a settlement. In other words, um, if you're on in the, in the, in the mountain ridge of Israel and you want to survive, you need to have a spring of water. You need to have water coming out of the mountain because you know, as God says, the land of Israel is not like Egypt where you have the Nile you know, streaming all year and you can just go and drink water. Uh, Israel really depends on rain, and in the summer on a constant supply of water from springs. Mm. So, and, and the location of springs hasn't changed for thousands of years. So everywhere you have a spring of water is where you have a settlement or settlements. So because of that, the, the location of of towns and cities and villages didn't change for thousands of years. And uh, you know, so, so you know, we talk about the history, the long history of Israel. If you want to go today to Bethlehem, which is mentioned in the New Testament, and the Old Testament, uh, you go to Bethlehem because Bethlehem is still there. Uh, and and it's still there because the, the location hasn't changed but it's not just the location it's also the name because uh, after thousands of years of, of biblical events happening there you know obviously being connected to King David and to and also to Jesus uh, you have a a, a a long-standing biblical tradition that the local residents uh, usually Jews or Christians would would keep zealously uh, that so people could come and visit and make pilgrimage to these places. Um, so the names of the, the biblical towns didn't change for thousands of years. They're still there. If you want to go to Jericho, you go to Jericho. It's mm-hmm. still there. You want to go to Shechem, you go to Shechem. If you want to go to Mount Gerizim or Mount Ebal, they're still there. We know, can show you where they are. The names haven't changed because the the Jewish and Christian traditions were kept for thousands of years. Um, Unfortunately, during the time of the Ottoman Empire, the Turkish uh, rule over the land of Israel between roughly 1600s until 1917, uh, the the, uh, Christian inhabitants of Israel immigrated from Israel, the majority of them, or uh, became Muslim. So today when you drive around, along, around Israel, most villages are today Muslim, but they still keep the names that the original Christian inhabitants mm-hmm. kept for hundreds and thousands of years. Uh, so again, we have villages with, with carrying the original name of the biblical sites, and we also have villages that commemorate biblical events like the story with the two bears. So um, again, I think this is one of the amazing miracles of the land of Israel, that the traditions kept the names of the places in place
1: and that's there's no problem going there there's no
3: so 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 some of the villages um are 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 open for visit visits but but most of them are not um unfortunately as i said they're they're mostly inhabited by muslims who don't see uh, israel and uh, people who support the state of Israel in, in, in a positive way. Uh, but we don't visit those, those villages. We visit sites that are, are overlooking them or are in the proximity. Uh, and I'll, I'll just give you another example. The, the Arab village of Betin, as I said, is identified with biblical Bethel. Now, um, we read in the Bible that Jacob dreamt a dream of the ladder at Bethel. So, how do you bring groups to the site that Jacob dreamed the Dream of the Ladder about if it's in, this, in an Arab village?
1: <laughs> My question, exactly.
3: <laughs> so we don't. I think that this is probably one of the most interesting things is that when you visit uh, the area and suddenly you, you, you look at the, at the verses and you understand that when Jacob dreams the Dream of the Ladder, The circumstances circumstances that we imagine are totally different than what the biblical reality is actually describing. And I'll give you an example. Why did Jacob leave his father's tent? So, you know, people say because um, Rebecca um, wanted him to to find a good wife at, at, at her brother's house at Haran. Um, and so this is definitely the excuse. But why is Jacob really sent away from his house? The reason is that he just took the blessing from his older brother, mm. and his older brother wants to kill him. <laughs> so Jacob is running away for his life. He's not this rich guy that's like looking for a good hotel in Bethel <laughs> to stay overnight, and then he has a great dream about angels and the latter. Uh, Jacob is running for his life, he's all alone. The last place he wants to go into is a city with people uh, where he would be easily traced by his brother and murdered. Sure. And so you're reading the, the, uh, the, the, the verses in that context and suddenly you see things that, that pop up because Jacob comes to a place and he sees that the sun is going down, it's, it's setting, then he, what does he do? He took, takes stones, and he puts them under his head as a pillow.
1: Yeah, it seems kind of odd. I always wondered why something so hard. Why not just right. lie down on your if, arm if or I, something? If
3: yeah. I was, if I was a, a, a son of a rich guy like Isaac, I would look <laughs> for a five-star hotel in Bethel, and put my head on a nice, you know, straw pillow or, or whatever, and and, and fall asleep. But he puts stones under his head. Hmm. We understand that Jacob is camping out. He's not going into the city itself. He's somewhere on the outskirts, outside in the area of Bethel, and uh, and this is fascinating because when you look at testimonies of Christian pilgrims to the area of Bethel, uh, you see that when they visit the Arab village or the, that, at that time the Christian or Jewish village of Bethel, they, they're telling him this is Bethel but the place where Jacob dreamt the dream of the ladder is a mile away. Hmm. So we have a, we actually have testimonies attesting that Jacob dreamt the dream of the ladder outside of Beth El in, in a remote site. And, and surprisingly, uh, one of Israel's most famous uh, scholars, Bible scholars, finds a site that is located outside of Beth El, and it has, surprisingly, a, uh, a holy tree, it has a tomb of a, an Arab sheik, it has a church, it has a mosque, all of it in one remote hill outside mm. of and, and And as we walk there with our groups and we explore it, suddenly you find a huge cemetery, Jewish cemetery, from the second temple period and the first temple period. Wow. Now, why are Jews choosing to be buried in such a remote site outside of Bethel, el and, uh, and then let's look at the Bible again. What happens in Bethel? Jeroboam, the king of the ten tribes, build a, builds a pagan temple there and puts a golden calf. And we also read later on that Josiah comes and destroys that temple. And what does he do? He takes bones from the tombs that were there, mm. and he burns them on the altar to desecrate it. So we, we learn from the Bible that at the same place where Jeroboam built his temple, there is a cemetery. And there is a cemetery at the location that we found. So, you know, everything's coming together. Why is Jeroboam building, a putting a golden calf to begin with in Beth Is he inventing a religion? Are the Israelites so stupid and naive to follow a false religion? Or is Jeroboam really saying to them, I'm going back to Jacob because Jacob said, this is no other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And so Jeroboam is telling them, don't go to Jerusalem. That's not the right place. The real place is where our patriarch Jacob had the dream of the ladder. And said, "This is the house of God." So he builds a golden calf there mm. to to convince them not to go to Jerusalem. So you know, this is this is these these insights are are only possible when you're visiting the site itself. When you see the tombs there, when you see the 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 church and the mosque, and how different religions revered that specific place where Jacob had that amazing revelation. Wow.
1: Yeah, it all comes, like you said, it all comes together, but you have to see it. You have to put that layer on to (laughs) really make that come alive. Oh, wonderful. Okay, well. We're going to come back with more. But first, we're going to take a little break. And uh, first of all, we're going to put Lipkin Tours at the bottom of your screen right there. That is where you want to go. If you want to see a tour of Israel, Michael Rood says, go ahead and do it because I'm not going to do them. You need to go to this one. (laughs) So go to LipkinTours.com and uh, book your tour with uh, Aaron. And in the meantime, thank you for making this possible. And we pray that you would continue to make it possible for other folks to see this program. And that means a donation from you uh, to make this go forward. So we want to thank you for that in advance. And we'll give you a couple minutes to do that. We'll be right back. Thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. You know, if you want to go to Israel, Michael says, you know what? I'm not going to do tours right now. Go with, go with Aaron, go to, go to LipkinTours.com. And in fact, Aaron, you have a couple of, or a website where you can get a whole bunch of other things too. Like if folks are not uh, able for whatever reason to go to Israel for a tour, you actually have guided DVD or guided tours on DVD, is that right?
3: Yes, I think that this is probably the second best thing to <laughs> okay. actually visiting Israel. Uh, so we have uh, four Bible teachings. One about the, uh, the side of Jacob's dream of the ladder at Bethel, uh, it's called the Gate of Heaven. Uh, obviously, following Jacob's verse, this is no other than the House of God. This is the Gate of Heaven. Uh, the second DVD is a, uh, a um, DVD about the footprint structures that we spoke spoke about a few yes. weeks earlier, and um, the, the third one is Ancient Shiloh, the Forgotten Feast, which also covers the the topic of Tu BeAv, the this mysterious. Ephraimite holiday, and the fourth one is the the story of Joshua's altar, The Divine Choice, Uh, and so these four DVDs uh, are are kind of like these guided tours where I walk with a a Christian friend of mine, and we kind of discuss the, the topics and the stories from our uh, point of views, and so this is really, really, uh, very, very um, recommended. And we right. also have the three books of Adam Zertal.
1: Yes, which you've been talking about for the last uh, few episodes, so right? All yeah.
3: these, all these uh, uh, products are all available on our website uh, at hiddenisrael.net. Hiddenisrael.net, okay. and uh, I'm sure that you're you're going to really enjoy. The uh, the content on both of these uh, uh, types of products, but even
1: better than that, I mean, you you can go to these places. I asked you during the break. Now, do you actually go to the places we've been talking about? You know, these these giant footprint uh, structures. The uh, Josh was. Altar. Do we actually go there? And yes, you said, yes, yes, we do.
3: Yes, we do. And I have to say that we are one of the only ones that bring groups to these places. So if you're really interested in, in archaeology and, and in the Bible and, and seeing how the archaeological sites shed new light on the understanding of the biblical stories, then you're definitely are, are, are coming to a, an amazing experience uh, with, with our tours. Yeah, and if you
1: don't want to see a tour where, like Michael says, you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre to see where Jesus. Jesus had his first falafel sandwich. Right, then, right, right.
3: We don't do, know. we don't do that. No, don't so, do that. so yeah. So uh, everybody's invited, and um, you know, you're, as I said, Israel is, is on so many people's bucket lists, mm. and uh, we, we really cannot take Israel for granted. So, if you have the the, the possibility, the time, the finances take advantage of it and come, uh, you're definitely going to go through a life-changing experience. Now,
1: people might say, well, okay, Israel, there's something, you know, there's enough going on over here in the U.S., but I hear some rumblings of some instability or what looks like instability in Israel. So you live there, uh, can you give us a, a, you know, a locals perspective on what is going on over there?
3: I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it folks, thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, it, it, I have to say that, that Israel is, is, is a, a daily miracle. Uh, I have no idea how we are able to survive uh, uh, so, for so long with so many threats from outside but also so much uh, and, uh, division inside the, the, the people of Israel and the Jewish people in Israel and in the world. Um, but, but still, even though we have all these, these uh, terrible uh, conditions, uh, for some reason, the, the, the state of Israel is flourishing. It's, it's growing. It's expanding. It's, it's, um, it, it, uh, give, let me just give you an example. Um, if you told Israelis... 30 years ago, that we would have natural gas and that we would export that natural gas to Egypt, to Jordan, and we would be the major exporter of energy to Europe, everybody would look at you and would laugh because Israel was known at the time for having no natural resources whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Just uh, last week, the minister of energy of israel signed an agreement with the european union israel is going to be the major supplier of natural gas to the european union that's wow. that's that's totally it's uh, nobody would ever believe that that could be possible israel always suffered from from water shortage i remember as a kid we would look with 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 terrible fear to see how the Galilee sea is 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 going down and down and down and and, and the water is evaporating and we're thinking we're not going to have water in in, in the next year or in two years Now Israel is desalinating water from the Mediterranean Sea and we're exporting water to Jordan, to Egypt, and probably going to export more water and technologies to Saudi Arabia and other countries as well. This is unheard of in in, in the the history of of our modern state.
1: Doesn't Israel have the largest desalination plant in the world?
3: Yes. Th- oh, no, on I, the Mediterranean Sea. I think we do, and and and, and the thing is that now we're we're, we're so full of water <laughs> that that uh, the Galilee Sea we're not, we're not even pumping from the Galilee Sea anymore, uh, and mm. and you know when you, by the way when you go to the Galilee Sea. It's amazing. It's even more amazing for Christians to be there and and connect to to the place where Jesus and his disciples preached and to visit Magdala and to visit Capernaum and and Beit Seida and all these amazing sites that Jesus actually visited and preached in. So so this is you see the Galilee Sea. It's it's overflowing, mm. um, and so you know thank God we're we're, we're living in, through a very fruitful and 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 and. Life. The standard of living in Israel has 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 risen immensely. Everything is so good. Yet, yet, there are, there are inner divisions. And and mm-hmm. you know, I'm often asked by by Christians that I visit all over the states, "What's going on in Israel? Why is there so much division inside the the Jewish people? And why?" Why did you kick out Netanyahu from the government? What is this weird coalition that you yeah, have? Yeah, let's uh, go into that. And and, and and now we hear that there's going to be another election because the, the current government, the current coalition is not holding on. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that I have an answer. Uh, but uh, I, I think that I have an interesting insight that might clarify some and, and make some order in the chaos for many, many of our viewers. Um, For thousands of years, the nation of Israel was um, divided. There were always subgroups inside the the Israelites or the Jewish people that always uh, fought each other, uh, be spiritually, sometimes even physically, uh, because each of those groups believed that they were right exclusively. And when you're looking through history, you can actually identify these types of, should I say, types of Jews, or types of Jewish identities, uh, to three different groups. Um, And let's call them Jacob, Israel, and Jeshurun. Okay. Um, The the first group, Jacob, is the, the, I would say, the religious identity. It's the identity that, that is totally committed to God, that is totally committed to the Bible, to the commandments, and for them, that is the whole world. Um, The second identity is Israel. It's the uh, the sense of peoplehood. It's the identity of of being part of a nation, part of a family of of tribes, um, and, and, and a nation that is connected to a land um, so let's just, for example, talk about this. We have Jews living in America, okay? They, are ha- they have a, a full Jewish life, yet they're not living in the land of Israel. This is the the perfect example of Jacob, mm. okay? Jacob doesn't need Israel. Jacob could become, could, could, could be Jewish and could be live a Jewish life, a Jacobite life, also outside of the land of Israel. Israel, on the other hand, is connected to the land. He is connected to the the existence of a nation in its land. The third identity is Jeshurun. Now, where where do we find Jeshurun in the Bible? We see it in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses um, uh, speaks about the Israelites and he he, he gives them a, a name called the Yeshurun, who is Yeshuun? Yeshurun is this Israelite identity that grows fat and kicks and um, despises its, the heritage of his fathers and imitates the bad equi- the, the, the inequities of, of the nations. In other words, uh, if Israel and Jacob are, are looking at each other, their focus is inner. It's into the Jewish identity. Jeshurun is with his back to them, looking outward to the world. So he's the, the secular nation. Jew. It he's the secular Jew, or he is the, the Jew that tries to imitate the common, uh, um, uh, I would say, Gentile um, uh, identity. For example, that's, 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 let's look for other Jeshuruns in our history. Uh, everybody remembers the, the, the Feast of Dedication, Hanukkah. And what do we see there? We see that there is a big struggle between the Hasmonians, which are very zealous for uh, the, the, uh, the, the Jacob identity and the Israel identity of the Jewish people. And they're fighting not just the Syrian Greeks, they're fighting their own brothers who are Hellenized. Okay? So these Hellenized Jews that, that absorb Hellenism, that absorb the, the, the uh, ruling civilization in that time, um, are Jeshurun. And so that, that battle between those identities is exactly what's going on during the time of the Hasmoneans. Mm. And when you look at, at, at the history of the Jewish people, you'll see that battle between those separate identities going on all the time. Um, So when you look at the former governments of Israel, the former coalitions, what you see is that the uh, religious parties, the orthodox parties also always go together with the national parties. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the orthodox are Jacob, the national are Israel, and because they both look together inwards into the Jewish... A, a identity, the, the, the Jewish, the Jewish nationality, the Jewish religion—they are usually forming a coalition together. And who's not in the coalition? It's Jeshurun, uh, the left-wing uh, leaning parties that are trying to to be universal, we that like care about human yeah. rights, that care about uh, about progressive uh, values and 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 socialism. This is this is the the Jeshurun that we're talking about. Mm. What happened with this current coalition in Israel is that that historic covenant between Jacob and Israel was broken and Israel made a coalition with Jesharon. Mm. Now that wasn't enough, they needed a few more votes so they brought the, the Muslim party in. So that's, that's this is a weird coalition that Israel never experienced in the past. And if you're asking me why isn't, why wasn't the coalition stable, why is it falling down now? It's, it's exactly because Jeshurun is looking outwards. He cannot align himself with, with Israel because Israel's view is inwards into the people of Israel. So I hope I, hope I didn't mix up my, uh, our audience, but if you want an insight, if you want to understand why there's so much instability inside the Jewish people, it's because each and every identity thinks that it's exclusively right and you know from a, from a faith-based uh, view um, I think that God doesn't prefer one over the other I think that that God chose the Jewish people exactly because of these three identities God wanted the Jewish people the, he wanted the Israelites to be the chosen people because he saw the um, the uh, he saw he saw the future. He saw uh, that the the Israelite people are the ones that will be able to eventually not just keep but also transmit God's word to the whole to the to the whole world. Mm-hmm.
1: And you said that uh, in a way, you know, uh, we were talking about this before the cameras came on. This is in a way what what Yeshua uh, this, this relates to Yeshua. Yeshua kind of brought everybody together. Uh, and and sort of did that same thing. Broadcast the message of
3: well, what we see in the Second Temple period is is something terrible. We see that that this is a time that the Romans are ruling over the land of Israel. Yet you see that there is a total collapse of the pagan beliefs in the Roman Empire, and people are looking. Um, for for the truth they're, they're and they're hearing about this jewish faith and this jewish god and and, and mount sinai and they want to connect uh, they want to to connect to to the god of Abraham, isaac and jacob but what's going on is that instead of 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 the jewish people being the ones that will uh tend to the nations that will that will bring to them god's word what they're doing is fighting each other you know, we have in, in Judaism we say that the reason why the Second Temple was destroyed is because of senseless hatred. Mm-hmm. It's because uh, Jews fought each other's brothers went against brothers. And during this terrible time, we see that 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 Yeshua and his disciples, what they're doing is they're doing, um, they're, they're 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 kind of like getting out of that uh, inner. Inner division, inner strife, but they're taking with them the Torah. They're taking mm-hmm. with them the 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 the, the divine uh, um, orders of God and His and His uh, feasts and His commandments and His beliefs. And what they're doing is they're transmitting them to that that the, the, those nations that were looking for God's guidance.
1: Yeah, we need we need a a, a fence. We need we need parameters as people we needed to show us what to do <laughs> right right <laughs> and nobody when that, everybody is their own god that doesn't happen that
3: was exactly the situation and and so and, and when, when i'm not i'm not such a big scholar of, of christianity and the new testament but but from from my conversations with 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 christians and and with people who who really appreciate the hebrew roots of of christianity um the idea is that 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 uh, yeshua and and his disciples um were were, were bible believing Jews, uh, they were committed to their Judaism, they were committed to the land of Israel, they were committed to the temple, they were committed to, 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 to the, the worshiping of God with real intent. Mm-hmm. And, and so they were Jacob and they were also Israel. But by going out to the nations and, and you know spreading the Torah to the whole nations, uh, what they were also doing is becoming Yeshurun, in a good way, they were transmitting through Yeshurun, through that type, through that character, transmitting God's word to the, whole, to the whole world.
1: So real quick, we only have a couple of minutes left, but getting back to this situation in today's Israel, mm-hmm. do you have any hint as to what that means on a spiritual level? Do you see that as there's something happening here that we need to pay attention to spiritually? And what is it?
3: Well, I can tell you, as someone who is, who is in Israel right now, what we're seeing is a deadlock. We see that, that there are politicians who are not willing to align themselves with Netanyahu. They're, they don't want to make a coalition with Benjamin Netanyahu because they don't trust him. Um, apparently, Netanyahu made promises to other politicians. These promises were not kept and everybody everybody i mean the, the heads of the current political parties don't trust him so what we have and what we're probably going to have these elections and, and the next ones as well because unfortunately that's the situation at the moment is that that nobody will be able to form a coalition now i can tell you personally that as an israeli living in israel i am sick and tired of the 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 terrible things that are being said by every part of the, of the Jewish people at the other, yeah. um, I I think that that what what God is doing right now is actually instead of of, of, of making the division stronger uh, and deeper, he's actually causing the people of Israel to say, let's just let's just come together, okay? Let's just mm. be one, okay? And it's like we say in Hebrew. Uh, and the opposite, I mean, it's the opposite of the opposite. In other words, I think that eventually what's going to happen is the people of Israel will get out of the old definitions and will create a, a, a fullness of, of an, an Israel, Israelite identity. Mm. Not Jewish, uh, an exilic Jewish identity or, or a secular atheist identity, but something that's more um, Israeli.
1: Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Aaron, thank you for joining us for the last four weeks. This has been fun. Uh, I really appreciate you. I appreciate you doing tours. Uh, like we said, Michael is in the studio today. He really appreciates you doing tours because he's not able to right now. But he said, you know what? Go on. LipkinTours.com, book a tour, go see Israel the way it's meant to be seen, not all of these uh, you know, s- secular, made-up places that, that other tours go to. You go to the real places, the highways and byways of Israel to get to know the real Israel, the Bible. So thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Alright, and thank you for joining us for this series. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did. There's some amazing things we learned over the last few weeks, and uh, if you didn't see the last few weeks, go and watch the other episodes. You will Will surely enjoy it. So again, thank you for joining us on Shabbat Night Live. We'll see you next week. Until then, Shavuot. Tov.